Hello writers, welcome to episode 32 of the Creating Happy Writers podcast. I am your host Steph Caswell and I'm thrilled you're here today to hear an episode that is all about market research. Now I know it might sound a bit like a snore fest, a yawn fest or something that you think you know really really well but when it comes to writing a book market research is a crucial stage so I urge you to listen to this episode if you are in the planning stages or perhaps you're thinking of writing your next book wherever you are it's going to be a valuable episode for you if you want some more help you can head on over to my website stephcaswell.com and you will find a free pdf called the five ways to plan a best-selling book in your niche almost forgot what it was called then Uh, and you can download that and it will help you with the planning process Um, if you want to get something a little bit more detailed you can uh, go to amazon and get dare to write which is my book that takes you all the way from your initial idea to publication and i hope you enjoy both of those things without further ado though let us crack on with today's episode all about market research Often we hear the phrase market research and it immediately makes us think about going to do the weekly food shop. We know we have to do it, but there is really not a lot of joy involved in it. uh, And it's not the most exciting way to spend a Tuesday. But as I said, it's important. It's imperative. We've got to do it when it comes to writing books. And if you want to be successful, speak to your readers, connect to them, get rave reviews. The market research really has to happen. So how the heck do we go about it? Well, That is what today's episode is all about. You will unlikely be surprised that there is more than one book in your niche. (laughs) You will have been into a bookshop, my friend, and you will have seen the copious amounts of books that are on the shelf that are to do with your topic. And it can bring up imposter syndrome. It can bring up the inner critic. And why should I write something that's already been written about so many times before. And when I get into that frame of mind, I think about coffee shops, not because I like to go there to sort of weep into a pillow. It's mainly because I've realized that when I walk up my local high street, there are a copious amount of coffee shops uh, in the town and there are big chains. So you've got your Costas, your Starbucks, but you've also got your little independent shops that frankly do a better coffee and have more delicious cake. But cake and coffee aside, the principle stands. If you have more than one coffee shop, you will look in the windows and you will see people in all of them. There are people, my husband included, who love Starbucks. And if we're ever in town, he'll go to Starbucks because it does his favorite type of mocha. But when we go to a different town, we both have a favorite independent coffee shop that we go to because we prefer that to Costa. So now that you know my coffee love, you will see the point I'm trying to make. Wherever you go, whatever coffee you like, there is somewhere for you and there are people in all the different coffee shops. So just because there's a coffee shop on the high street does not mean other coffee shops can't exist and it's the same with your book. If there's more than one book in your niche, then of course you can still write a book in that niche because it shows that there is demand for it. You may well be writing in a space that's occupied by some of the big guns, your Brené's, your Mel's, your Ryan Holidays. And it can make you feel as though you cannot possibly be in the same realm as any of your author heroes, but you can. Of course you can. And if the big names are writing about it, you can be damn sure that there is a readership out there wanting to learn more. 
Now, I have an unhealthy number of books on habits because it's something that, as you know, if you're a regular listener, I am a little bit nerdy about. I like a habit. I like learning about the neuroscience behind it, about behavior change, uh, about how our brains work when it comes to learning new behaviors. And so I have plenty of books on habits and I continue to purchase books on habits because I love it so much. Now, if you were an author, in the habit space and you were thinking to yourself, I'd like to write a book about habits, you may well shit your pants because you are along the lines of Atomic Habits by James Clear. But let's just say right off the back that that is an anomaly when it comes to the success of a book. But yes, you're there with James. You're also there with BJ Fogg, who wrote Tiny Habits. You're there with Charles Duhigg, who wrote The Power of Habits. And you're there with, I don't know, Jen Sincero, who wrote about habits too. Um, there's loads of people who've written in the habits space and you can then feel like actually it's saturated. People aren't going to want to read any more about it, but they are. They really, really are because your perspective is a different perspective. And although the, the theory into habits can only really be the one way that we understand how the brain works, how you then implement that theory is what your readers are going to want to know about. So instead of fearing what's out in your space, let's get cozy with them. Let's find out more about the books in your niche and really understand what they're trying to do. And to be fair, you don't even have to get off your sofa to do this. You can stay cozy on your sofa with Amazon open and you can start to look at the books in your niche to see what else is out there and what the market is after. And one way I like to do this is to look at reviews. And I'm going to say to you right now, the five-star reviews, great, read them, but they're not as realistic as your three and four-star reviews are. Three and four-star reviews are people who liked a book, but they also found that there were some parts that were either missing or they didn't like or didn't resonate with them. And that's where the gold dust lies when it comes to market research and books. Look at what people wanted but then didn't get. Don't look at one-star reviews. One-star reviewers are people who hate life and it is no point in reading their stuff because it's just you know is going to be all negative and you don't want that. You want a good balance. You want to know what people found helpful and you want to know what people thought was maybe missing or unhelpful. And you can then use that when it comes to planning your book because you know that you're trying to reach those gaps in the market that maybe other people didn't quite hit the mark with. So here are a few questions to consider and ponder when you're doing your market research. Maybe it is on Amazon, and I think that that's a good place to start. You may well, like me, love a trip into the local bookshop to also do some market research. And I would not, I would never, never suggest you don't do that. But I do think uh, Amazon's a great place because you've got a very a large variety, shall we say, on there. So these are some questions and things to consider. So what are other books out there in your niche? Where would your book be positioned? If you're thinking about traditional publishing, this is a question they love to ask. Imagine you're in a bookshop or actually be in a bookshop. Which books or authors would sit either side of you? Again, publishers love this, but it's a really good question to consider yourself, even if you're self-publishing. Who would be either side of you? And if you want it to be Brené, or if you want it to be James Clear, or if you want it to be, insert name of author you admire, then put them down. Hey, let's have big ambitions on this podcast, please. What do you notice about those bestsellers? Are they just the big names or are others in there? And read the synopsis to get an idea of what they're offering. And as I said, 
look at the three and four star reviews, do your homework, dig around, find out what people liked and didn't like and use that to your advantage. Then before we finish, um, I'm going to delve into other types of market research that you can do. So we've looked at reviews, we've looked at considering who else is around you in the bookshop on Amazon, uh, who else is in your niche, who's doing a good job, who's doing not such a good job. Um, How is your book going to stand out and be different? Because it's okay to be like this person, but it's how are you different to them too. So define your target audience. Your target audience are the people, and I use this metaphor with every client I work with, it's the bullseye metaphor. So your ideal reader is the person at the center of the bullseye. They're the person that you're writing to when it comes to actually getting your manuscript done. They're the person that you're talking to. But remember, there are going to be other people on the periphery of that metaphorical dartboard. Those people who don't quite fit the bullseye reader, but they will still get stuff from your book. And by identifying who that person is, you are going to be able to make sure your book is exactly what they need it to be, because you will then work out and define your reader avatar even more. And there is an earlier podcast episode on this, and I'll put it in the show notes where I did a whole thing about reader journey and identifying who your target reader is. Do some surveys and interviews with people. So if you have an audience already, ask them. Ask them what they'd look for in a book about whatever your niche topic is. What would they find helpful? What's not helpful? And again, take all these suggestions with a pinch of salt. You don't have to do everything people say, but it gives you a flavor of what's out there in the current climate that people are looking for and actually what they hope that you're going to deliver. Because if they are somebody who's been in your audience for a while, they will know you and they'll know what you're about and they'll tell you what they want to hear from you that makes you stand out from the other people in your niche. Analyze industry trends in your niche too. Don't underestimate what's going on out there in the current climate, what's happening for people, what's the latest stuff that's being talked about because you want your book to be as up to date as possible. So read the publications, listen to the podcasts, you know, look at the YouTube interviews, whatever it might be that is going to help you be really up to date and current when it comes to putting your book together. I hope you found today's episode helpful and that market research no longer feels like something that is unclear or uncertain or frankly too boring. (laughs) When it comes to your book it's so important so that it sits exactly where it should and there's a reason why traditional publishers ask people who send in book proposals to talk about their book and where it sits in the market and who else sits near when it comes to a bookshelf because they want to know that you've done your homework for starters but also that you have a clear idea of what the market is as it currently stands and also sort of the topics that are coming up within it and I'm working with a wonderful client at the moment who's writing a book on leadership and she's been saying how you know loads of stuff has changed post-pandemic in the leadership world and how that's relevant in her book proposal. So it's absolutely true. If there's something in your niche area that's really started to do to become more popular, or maybe it's something that you realize that you feel like is irritating you and that is your niche is maybe a, a bit behind and you need to bring it up into the modern day. Again, that can be something that stands you out. So doing that research really pays off, even if you're not traditionally publishing, because when it comes to talking about your book, when it is published, you are able to see clearly how you are apart from everyone else. When you're on podcasts, you can say, you know, that you're like this because of this, or you're not like this person, but you're more like this person. Um, And that really helps you when it comes to talking about and 
getting people excited about your book. But without that research, that can't happen. So go out there, go and get a nice mocha or a nice piece of cake and go to your local bookshop and just have a look and see what's in there, who's in there, what do you love, what don't you love. Get onto Amazon, do your research, and I promise you it will help you feel more confident with your book idea. If you know anyone else who would enjoy this episode, please do let them know about it by sending the link to them and sharing it with them um, or just sharing it on your social media. Anything that you think would help push this podcast to reach more people. I would love it if even more listeners were getting the value that I hope you've got today. And until next time, my lovely friend, happy writing.